tell me what you're doing here. Let's flip a coin. As I tell you tales, we go out on a date. <laughs> Warning, Otaku contains adult language and discussion. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. <laughs> It's over 9,000! All right, everybody. We are back for another episode of Otaku here on Rain Man Digital. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, you can go to RainmanDigital.com. Check us out there. I am your host, Gregory Darkside Holmes, and in the studio with me today is my ever-faithful Filipino brother, David Sabal. Hello, everybody. Mr. Michael Flores. Hi! And my lovely, amazing wife, ACB. Hi. So, today we're bringing you... A few episodes. We're only doing two today. We kind of amped up how many episodes we watched to kind of give a better idea if you should watch the show or not. As we found in kind of the past couple episodes, we're like, man, we should really probably watch a third episode or more. So we're sticking to the new format of two episodes a show, three episodes each. There actually was a couple of shows this round where I needed that third to actually make a decision. So that was a good move, Greg. So we're going to get into them here. It's getting, it's September. We're getting towards spooky season. So we're going to be doing some adding in a you know a couple spooky horror supernatural animes in the upcoming shows. So if you're ever wondering, man, I love supernatural shit. Is there an anime for me? We gotcha. Oh, there's a lot. So yeah, yeah. So keep listening, guys. We'll give you some. And with this, uh, we have two shows today. So the first show that we, we chose was Violet Evergarden, and the second one was called Junji Ito Collection. So we're going to actually go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we're going to start with Violet Evergarden. So Violet Evergarden, in the aftermath of a great war, Violet Evergarden, a young female ex-soldier, gets a job at a writer's agency and goes on assignments to create letters that can connect people. So this one was done by uh, Kyoto Animation. Uh, if you don't remember, Kyoto Animation was the animation studio in Japan that... Uh, was the victim of an arson fire from an ex-employee. Yep. And this was one of their ones. I believe they were working on it at the time that the fire happened uh, or around there. They were, it was already in post-production. I can't remember um, when this was, when this was in production during that time, but uh, they've also done silent, a silent voice, the movie sound euphonium, the movie, our promise, a brand new day. And it's directed by Haruku Haruka Fujita, who did, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid free and also again uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid so uh, did the first I think first season and then I think special that they had so uh, and then the cast is as Violet Evergarden uh, the Japanese voice is Yui Ishikawa who did uh, Mikasa Ackerman in Attack on Titan and Karu Rindo of Sakura Wars the animation the English voice actor is Erica Harlecker who did Elizabeth from the seven deadly sins and Jackie in Netflix's BNA. So this one was very just style wise was a very old school looking anime to me. It was really pretty. Like it, it was, was very well, pretty. Yeah. I got a lot of studio. What is it? Studio Ghibli vibes. Yeah. Just, everything was very flowy and pretty. Even when she came out of her bag, she was very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this anime definitely the animation style in this one was Definitely for like a newer release, you could yeah. tell right off the bat the it, CGI was pretty pretty well done. It was very oh, no, crisp. this was probably some of the best 
CGI integrated like anime that has come out in recent years. And I think that just speaks to the quality that Kyoto animation puts out. Yeah. Um, they have that class. I, I say that classic style again, because it's very, no matter what they're doing, the, the animation is very on point. It's very crisp. It's very well done. Again, kind of like Casey, you said like studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It's very pretty. It's high quality. Um, yeah. High quality. And that's, and to me, that's what I, that was one thing I loved about the series was that they could have just, you know, done like, Oh cool. Like all the up close shots are really nice and far away. They can kind of like skimp on some of the detail, like some other um, animes do. So David, what were your thoughts on Violet Evergarden? I was actually, uh, I didn't have a lot of excitement about this title just because I went into this title kind of wondering like what kind of anime genre that would fit because you're dealing with a, you know, a, a warrior female type character coming back from the war. And I was expecting something like, uh, I forgot what the name of the anime we covered in one of our last shows where it was like a, a more action paced anime. This isn't an action paced anime. What genre would this fall into? This I feel like this would fall into one of those animes that's a deep character it's, analysis. It's only, I wouldn't say it's a slice of life, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not a slice of life. But it's kind of in that realm where it's American sites are calling it coming of age, coming of age, something like is there an actual, old school that doesn't for, even make any sense at all to me at all. Like, when you take a look at the character. <laughs> The character itself, the main main character, it took me a while to actually realize this probably by episode two because but in episode one, it happens so fast. I'm like going, okay, what is what is this whole story about? What's the type of anime it's going? And for old school anime fans, this feels like, say like Arumik Takashi's uh, Mason Ikuku. Yeah. Where it's mainly focused, I don't want to say a romance, it's not a romance anime, but it's. it's I kinda, feel like it's like an after romance type thing, yeah. you know. It's like it's like the, it's it's like when you see those movies where like the girl like doing the post breakup type stuff because it's it doesn't show like they don't romanticize her relationship no. with the major at all. Like it's like that post yeah relationship type thingy because like you could tell the girl like it was it's like I don't really know like the difference like slice live all itself, but I feel like it dances around this like weird I don't want to say steampunky vibe, but it like Miss Robot Hands yeah. style, well, like, and the way that they were all dressed like that's the type that I was looking at it. And it almost was, almost take Battle Angel Alita. Yeah, take yeah. Out all the action. Take out all and the it's action. All story because, but you know what? And it's though? all story. Did you did you go past your episodes at all? Be yeah. honest. Because I actually, does it, but does it get. Like, cause we didn't. Uh huh. So, but did you? Cause we, cause we were, we, we were, we were tardy. Um, <laughs> but did you go past? Does it get any faster than what we saw in the first three episodes? No, no. no it this is the, the it sticks to its pacing pretty much from episode one past episode five. They felt but like I, the flashbacks because, were super dramatic. Well, the, that's I mean, well, that's, that's what, and that's that's why that's why we kind of liken it to. to as we say, old school anime, but anime that we watched, mm-hmm. you know, because they like didn't in the do 90s. like, ah, well, yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, and it was like, it's very, it, like you said, it's very story driven and it's kind of about her trying to find I out. Like, when I watched the end of the third one. Cause they're, cause the, the major base is, you know, um, what does Lenny says? Like go, uh, like love me or, or what was the exact phrasing? Do you remember? Uh, he base uh, in the very he, beginning, he tells her that she has to go, go, is it like, go what is live. it live? And go then live, she, yeah. go he live, says, go I love live you. free. Yeah. And then free. she said, and then he says, I love you. And then she's trying to essentially figure out what he, he means. What, yeah. Yeah. And so that's why when she goes to work 
at the writer's agency or, you know, it's basically a post office. Like she was. Well, no, because what their job is to do is like, so they don't just go there. The and ghost Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they're supposed to like the person sits there and it's like, okay, David, you want me to write a letter to your significant other, yeah. but you don't know how to say it. So they come in and I put my flair on it. And yeah. twirl it about. So it's like, I feel like that's not necessarily a ghostwriter. It's more like, I'm going to make you sound really good and get you some, bro. It's a, it's a, Cyr- it's, it's a Cyrano, it's de, a- Cyrano de Jojerac, or however you say the, the fucker's last name, the giant no- schnoz dude that helped no, in like old Shakespeare. If, you, if you're familiar. Plays. What are you even talking about no, there was, over there, there like, Greg, you're dropping Shakespeare in there? Well, no, do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, like, because, like, well, if you're familiar with like the history of writing, ghostwriting <laughs> itself that is what it, it is. It's a different, it's basically a person going to another person asking, I need you to write me a story or I need you to write a poem that I can say to another person. And it's just like what Greg said. It's like, so you know, yeah, th- thanks for fucking backing me up. Finally, <laughs> these things were very like, popular at this time because mm-hmm. not everyone was educated and not everybody could write. Yeah. Because you got to remember back in the day, writing was almost like a premium. Yeah. Especially during like. We ain't the got times. the money to buy. We ain't got the money for you to write. I love how, I love how this room of men are telling me about how it's like. <laughs> I was like, uh, didn't we have to like fight to go to school quite some time? Yeah. Pretty, well, if you look at history, the thing is, <laughs> that's how it all starts. And that's why when you look at Violet Evergarden, I like the fact that it's set almost like a period piece. Where, just like we said, it has that steampunk vibe, but still you get like this almost 1800s, like, uh, I'm trying to remember what, what it's called, but it's like an age of uh, renaissance type of feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like, okay, there are people out there that are a little uneducated, especially in the end of the it, first episode. You're going to say they're illiterate because yeah. during that time, like, because again, especially schooling the, wasn't a major thing. Like, you, the moment you could work, you know, yeah. get a job, you got a job helping the family. Well, you get, you get, that, you you get were, that vibe, especially in the, in the uh, end of the first episode when that one gentleman comes in and asks one of the dolls to actually write a, a letter. And you could tell that he's not very educated he's like a uh, the the stereotypical farmhand mm-hmm. well he didn't comprehend what she wrote he exactly. his intelligence was insulted because she was a young girl mm-hmm. yeah and then you get all that vibe and it, it feels like almost like Downton Abbey if you were to watch like a British television show like Downton Abbey you get those vibes I would agree because I before you had come into the studio I was talking about this particular anime with Casey and Greg off air. And I had said it reminded me a lot of the old English Jane Austen novels. Yes. And then like, when you get to that, then by like episode two, I began to realize, okay, the action scenes, you know, her flashbacks, that's not the main, main story. The main story here is her, like, just like what you said, Casey dealing with the aftermath of that. Yeah. And like, it's not all about, you know, the war and battles and everything. And it's a very different anime than what I was expecting. So, but it was, for me, it was actually really written well for a character, what I would call anime that's a character analysis. Because this character who's essentially a blank slate, 
I'm not sure if she's a robot. I don't know. It's Do you think like, she's a robot? I need to know. I don't think she is. I think she's a robot. I think you and because Greg are both wrong. Here's the thing. In the very <laughs> beginning, they talk about how she was she was uh, taken up, right? Yeah, they found her in a bag. And she they, they found her in a bag and then <laughs> like straight up raised her up bag, from dude. an orphanage. It's, it's no, like they a, didn't say orphanage. They said they found her, like straight up found her on the east side in the war zone. Yeah. Like she was in a potato sack. And basically she with was the top tide. a weird weapon of some sort. So, but... If she because was a the way robot, they do, but the way they, they describe the dolls, like so, it's like the way they describe the actual job. They're just like, okay, you're supposed to do. Like that's the thing that I that made me want to keep watching it was because I have to find out. Like I need to have my sixth sense moment. Like, are you a robot or are you not? She's not. I I feel that she's not, especially when you take into the, the context of what happened to her between her and the major in the very beginning. Because that moment when she loses her arms. And when you find out that basically what she was, what she went through, because essentially she has no emotional feeling. She doesn't understand any emotion whatsoever. So do you think that they're doing that to where like, cause then, so if her character is, is she like PTSD? Like she shut down emotionally Partially. or is she a yeah. robot? That's the thing that makes it kind of cool is because it's like, you can go two ways. Are they doing it? They, Hey, she just got her arms ripped off and she's got some robot stuff and she's also dealing with some trauma, but, or is she just a cold robot chick now? Yeah. No, and, and, but whatever it is, whatever her true background is, it, the, the part that is interesting to me about this series is the mystery behind not just her, but you get the sense that, the gentleman who takes her takes under her his in. wing, yeah. who takes her in, the guy that the works, lieutenant. yeah, or works, the former lieutenant that worked for yeah. the major or is doing the major's bidding, you get that he understands there's something about her that's not yeah. quite right. And when you get past uh, episode three, because as I said, this anime drew oh, me you, in. You went past episode. three? I went three? past episode three, and because I was like going, okay, by episode three, do I want to continue? watching it i did and i did i really wanted to for some normally when i looked at this anime i'm like right, this doesn't fit me i don't uh, this doesn't seem like the type of anime this I'd doesn't have giant titties <laughs> it did it had one character with big old boobies and it was the girl that ran the dolls that was the most one she but she but it, didn't the, have a lot of chichi so maybe yeah. that is really why the weird the, the weird thing was was it's the writing. The writing, honestly, of the entire It's not series. weird, Dave. That's how it should be. You're like, the weird thing is, well, is no, that... No. Well, the writing was really well done. I was kind of taken aback by that, guys. I thought it was just going to be action and titties. <laughs> but then I saw it was a story, and I was like, oh, my God, there's writing in this? Holy well, shit. Well, let's be honest, Greg. Let's be honest. Good writing in anime. A lot of times, writing does not take paramount in anime. No, it does No, well, it's the visuals. It's honestly the visuals. When you say visuals, are you talking about the, the body, right. the I'm female like, body? The body. <laughs> the, the, when David the re- about the story, though, li- li- listeners, when David refers to the animation or the look, he is actually referring to the size of the big anime titties. The Let's the be honest; that's what he's referring to. So, when good writing comes along, David is shocked. Oh, it, it is a shocker because I've seen some bad anime, and this really? could, could have been this could have been a really <laughs> hold bad on. Anime. What's one of the bad animes? Because I, I need to know uh, if whether Ag- or not Akia that was horrible. <laughs> I don't understand how you thought that that was going to have good writing in it. Because at the time, I was going to actually just watch. Uh, 
I don't I watch anime all sorts for good of writing. Anime yeah, so have I. So I don't understand how when you looked at that, you thought this is gonna have a good story. Uh, slightly because one of the writers was part of Read or Die, and that Read or Die. Is I feel like you tricked yourself into that one. Yeah, so, I tricked okay. myself into that. All right, so back to Violent Evergarden, Mike. Uh, your your thoughts. Uh, if there's anything different than uh, David's. Yeah. I totally get everything great. Uh, David. Sorry, I forgot your name, David. <laughs> I totally get everything David's saying. And he is valid. His points are valid. But it's just not my thing. Uh, there were various moments throughout the three episodes where I literally had a knife up to my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the pacing was just awful. I don't give a shit about... A girl who doesn't comprehend love, even though the guy told her he loves her and she's all, what does it mean? I need to know why he said that because he's in love with you. That's why he said it. (laughs) And I don't care enough to watch more to find out why he told her. Uh, Because if. I was the major. And this woman had the personality of a a foot. foot. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I would not have told her I loved her. That's a damn lie. They would be like, she's so neat. I love it. She doesn't talk a lot, but she does a lot of really cool stuff. And she folds my underwear in four corners. So I think she's really neat. And also, she really likes sleepovers. Like a caveman. Like I'm some baboon or something. Maybe Um, she likes sleepovers, Mike. No, Jesus. So I, I will say that the animation was really great. And when I had first push play, I felt like the world was finally on my side. I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be great because the animation is truly remarkable. But after that, I just the story I, just didn't work. It didn't work. Not for me. And I hate shitting on things that look so gorgeous. But for me, the story didn't work. Uh, and maybe partially, I'm not a big Jane Austen fan. It to me, it felt like a big. I feel like you're describing this as a butterface anime. Well, the funny part yeah. is, it's really pretty, but it's really shitty on the inside. You know, the shit on spaghetti. The, I kind of looked at the story as kind of like, say, a character from Star Trek, like Data, mm-hmm. trying to find his his way of being human and trying to Data understand had a lot emotions. Of sex, I thought though. That's well. <laughs> Data had sex like all the time. I felt like he was banging everybody. Well, because he was anatomical. Violet right? didn't bang. Oh, shit, mate. <laughs> but like the whole thing about the whole thing about the story of a of a being like who does not understand emotions. Yeah, I I get that, Dave, and you're not wrong. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you. But for me, Data was interesting, and he was really good at poker. No, this absolutely. woman was so dull. I'd rather watch. A rock and see if it will eventually talk to me. <laughs> but I think, like, I think that if that's that's the story itself is worth. I think besides the animation is worth watching the show for. I would say it's a really what, good. Like the the pacing. Okay, it doesn't work for everybody. No, it doesn't. Could could her character have a, have a little bit more? Like, I don't want to say I don't I don't want to say depth because. But I think she. It's well. The I don't know. Depth, I'm the only person in here that didn't. That didn't like it, so it it doesn't suck, right? I just it's just not my. It wasn't for it's a little too emotional. It's not my thing. And plus, the way it's written is very. It's written in a type of genre that's not very popular nowadays. Well, it's 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 a genre that hasn't been that hasn't been done. I don't think correctly for. I think since the end of the nineties. Yeah, I'm going to be 100 percent honest because I don't because remember. People try it and it turns into a de- 
terrible, terrible trope. How is this reviewed uh, amongst anime fans for the most part? Is it reviewed uh, favorably? It's, it's reviewed. I mean, a lot of, on uh, IMDb, it's, it's, uh, it's basically 80. It's yeah, 80 it's, gotten, it's gotten good reviews. It's gotten good reviews. And it won some awards, best animation yes. uh, for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for 2019. So it does seem like. Because it's got a nice face. Well, it got the, night, yeah. it, it got the <laughs> anime. It got for best animation. Yeah. So, as I said, this is what carries it, is the animation for a lot of a lot of people. I just found, actually, once I started actually just sitting down and just engrossing myself into it, then I found myself, like, just continually watching on. I And as I said, it, it, it has the vibes of Downton Abbey to me. And a show like that takes so long to get into. And that's something I also kind of did on. Yeah. Every, because, like, all my film friends were like, dude, you got to check it out. I'm like, okay, well, I watched it for 15 minutes. I'm like, I can't bored with it. it, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's because of that slow, slow burn because that's what, you know, those type of novels and those type of stories. I wonder if I about. liked it so much is because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually like I was doing something while I was watching it. So like, I feel like it maybe it filled a void. That you know helps. what I mean? Because that's I cheating. feel like that's not cheating. It's called multitasking, bro. No, I got that, shit to do. That, but that's how, that's how a lot of anime uh, viewers nowadays do this. Just turn it on, let it run. Yeah, well, and yeah. This is actually one of those type of animes that you can do that to and it'd be perfect. I sat and stared at it with a, see, that's your first you problem right there. You never, paper. And and nothing would come out. I'm just like I Anime's can't. like a demon, dude. You just got to check it out in your periffs. That's it. <laughs> check it out in your periffs. But again, like I said, this is this is like David said. This is a genre that hasn't been that hasn't really been done, and it hasn't been done since the end of the '90s. Because through in the '90s, when anime was still slowly rolling through into America, they companies grabbed whatever they could, um, whatever they you know whatever I guess was cost effective for them to bring over to the states. And so you got a lot of these either action or is really story driven. And so you had all these ones that, you know, we we watched and or that me and David watched and, and you know, he, he Mike might have seen some of them as well um, that were very story driven. And then after that, everything was action, action, action. Like it was fast yeah. paced. It had it was done. It was done. It was done. They started following that that um, that pacing of. All right, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Well, not only that, they the, it, during that time, especially during the 90s, the audience was changing to the point that. You know, Goddamn sitting down, hipsters. sitting down and watching, say, uh, I'm trying to think of like a really man. If you like, like, it's like sitting down watching like record of Lotus war. Like you, ha- you have to like, Almost, that's not a casual yeah. watch. Like that it's is not a casual watch. You that is when you have to sit, sit and watch and watch. But like, like during this time, during the time that you're talking about, that's when people said our audience does not hold its attention right now so we got to make the anime that basically fits our audience that's why you that's get why dragon like, ball z went away dragon for a bit ball z, you get nobody wanted to wait 16 episodes for goku to fucking power up yeah, and then to do one goddamn move and then fuck it up yeah and then you get so the, who do you think is the audience for this because with this with this with generation I, I definitely th- no i definitely think it's more of a of a feminine one though i think a lot okay. of a lot of i feel like partly i feel like i yeah. could literally tell any of my younger cousins that are like hey i you know all i see is if I want to get him into something that's just like a casual one, like not so like this is a good gateway, younger pre, you know, younger teen, you know, like they mm-hmm. could do this and they could like bring him out to like be other types of fans. Like, could, you know what I mean? But the themes that it deals with are pretty heavy. 
I mean, like when yeah, you get down dude, to David, have you ever been a preteen girl? Shit gets real. All right. <laughs> true. Like you want to talk about major? I'm like, that is like, you're literally in a, a giant jelly bean of just emotions. And yeah. so I feel like that, I feel like that would be straight up perfect for something. Cause they'd be like, I had a major once too. <laughs> and he left me at a party. Like, it's just like, I just, I think it would be really good for that. Like I could tell. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, well, the David part- had a major once and he met him at a party and he drugged him. <laughs> and, he, and, I, and I drugged him. <laughs> or he drugged you, and, well, and he it drugged comes me. out. You yeah. drugged each other. <laughs> We drugged so what we what happened was we tried to we tried to drug each other and see who passed out first and whoever passed out first was gonna get fucked. So David didn't know the major was gonna drug him and the major didn't know David was gonna drug him. They're both skeevy bastards. They're both rapists. I like everybody's like, David's so sweet. No. 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 Not younger David. Younger David is a piece of shit. Yes. I think there's an argument with this. For for everybody that's listening to the show, just to let you know. David, how long have we, you and I known each other? How long have we been friends? Uh, almost like uh, 10 years. Now. Yeah. So we're pretty much, we're, we're family at this point, And we've yeah. been family for a, a, essentially a while. Well, you. Um, the funny part is, that's why I always tell people, like, especially like the Tom crew that basically knows me and Tony. And that's how me and you met. Yeah. You guys got to know me when I got kind of clean and sober and basically mellowed out. You can ask Tony beforehand. Oh no, David! Oh. I've heard the stories. We we have like, heard. We, I have no, heard the do stories. I, do we need to have a hooker off because I feel like mm, you <laughs> do not want to do that because we've all we've all girl girlfriend. <laughs> oh my god! Welcome to a talk where we're going to talk about life. life. Um, I was a different what? person. Then. <laughs> I was a different person then. Different person then. Yeah. So we are going to move on to, to our second show, and this one I was super excited to do because I always I keep yes. hearing about it. Um, before we get into it, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we're going to go into into the Junji Ito collection. Stay tuned, guys. All right, guys, we are back here on Otaku. We just finished talking about Violet Evergarden and also hearing about David's possible shadowy past <laughs> and also that the fact that him and my wife, Casey, could probably have a, as she put it, a hooker off. It's it's fine. We like to have fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing, There's wrong. nothing wrong with having a little fun. There was an old lady that I met in a parking lot once when me and Tanya were drinking at Comic-Con one year. And she caught us and she said, you girls, you go have fun. You show your titties. Have fun. And she left. <laughs> So that's I just, feel like she's like that stranger in all animes that appears, yeah. gives some sort of fucking advice, and then just she fucking so cool. Well, you know, you and your girl, your shot gotten, you know, Mike's Lemonade, you know. <laughs> what? All I can think about is an SNL skit with the uh, the Cosby kids or whatever, like, we were sitting there doing coke and playing garbage. Um, So we're going to move on to our second show. <laughs> no cocaine. No cocaine. Greg always forgets the real questions. So did you show your titties? <laughs> I just got to ask the question. You Greg the, get did it. You Are you talking to said? me or David? Uh, um, either or. This question is for David and Casey. Greg shows tits all the time. I do. Do something, yeah. do something strange for some change, Hey, girl. you know what? If it involves a Costco hot dog, I'm fucking in. Oh, my job. Hey, job makes the boys go come to the yard. <laughs> I just vomited. <laughs> Don't you don't let them shame you, David. Don't let them shame you. 
Don't you dare. In, in oh. You be you, Boo. You be no you. Shame. David, in all the years that I've known you, that was fucking hilarious. Like that, like fucking hilarious. So the second show we're going to be talking about is the Junji Ito collection. So for those of you that don't know, it is a collection of animated horror stories based on the works of Japanese artist Junji Ito. The series is adapted from two of Ito's manga collections, the 11th volume of Junji Ito Masterpiece Collection, and a single volume of Fragments of Horror. The, the directors for this are various for each episode, and the company that has produced it is Studio Seed, who's also done Sorcerer Stabber Orphan and Young Disease Outburst Boy. So definitely into some weird shit. Uh, this is an anthology series, as it kind of states. This was, I, I think, one of the raddest fucking like horror-based animes that I've I've seen in a long time. Oh, because it comes from the mind of Junji Ito, who, like, if you're like a horror aficionado like I am, everyone in the horror industry should know that name because he's the one who created Uzumaki. Uzumaki is one of the greatest Japanese horror films of all time. Just for its visuals, just for its storytelling. He's the one that basically everyone points at and says he's the one that started the whole Japanese horror movie genre with the ring and or Ringu as it was known back then. And, um, I can't remember the other one that basically broke out at the same time as the ring, but those movies have a lot of, it has his touch. It has his touch. Especially when you watch the original Uzumaki, the live action that was released in 2000. Shit's so scary, dude. Like, it's so like, I, it's not just scary. It's, it messes with you on like, well, yeah, it's It's, just like, they, they take a whole new level of just, they, they don't just make you scared. They make you uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And I don't know which one's worse. Like, like, I'm not screaming or crying, but my skin's crawling for a couple minutes. Like, that's worse for me. You know and what the, I mean? And the, like, and no one cool. does horror like the Japanese. the Japanese. No, and the thing is, like, Especially it's not. Especially in 2000, dude, when Uzumaki yeah, oh, came I out. Know. People were like going, what the hell did this Well, because it, and it, it, but the way that they did it in this one, though, was like, they just, like, it made sense. Like, it, t- it gave me total like scary story scary like it was like that like they they fed it to me in the most comfortable american horror fan like it was so freaking good and, and my adh body was happy because it <laughs> but was so short and that's the thing like the difference between like japanese horror and like say american horror is american horror is all about it's it's the shock value it's like what can we do to really push the envelope to try and scare somebody we're americans and we see a lot of now and it's like all like the you know the quiet the they scare, but Japanese you know, like a cat jumps out. You're like, damn, you having a like, fucking cat. So like, it, it, but yeah. this was like we were like when we were watching um, the one where the film crew was like doing their independent film, and of course, fucking Fuji, Fuji. Oh my god, who was, like, who was apparently a, a, a fashion model. Name. Yeah, the fashion and, like, model, the the horrendously tall like fashion model with like the the sixteen head. Yeah, eight head, and you know, then fucking like would laugh and had like. A mouth like rose full of fucking like shark teeth. Did that weird like uh? You remember that? Sh- what was the movie with the gray guys? The mom and dad save the world. Yeah, and those little green guys with all the teeth. Yeah, and it was just like, but and it wasn't. It wasn't like that. They relied on the gore factor. It was more so the creepiness they just gave of you, the like, character. All of the they give you all types of horror that yeah, you want. Like, like you had you, you know, had gore. You had supernatural. supernatural. Like you just had stuff where. No well, matter what, what, and what was really cool was that they fit two stories into one episode. So you got more in the 30 minutes or 25 minutes that you watched that episode than you would. It was like a round table. Of yeah. Just like and and, yeah. and the shows complemented each other. Like 
if one was kind of a supernatural one, then the next one was more of a like. I have to ask know, though. Scary. What was you your know. favorite one? Every. What was your favorite one? Oh, that's difficult because all three episodes were absolutely stellar. So if, here, and if like, you have if to, I if you had, had to pick, choose, which you do right now, I think actually my f- the fir- the first episode was actually my favorite. Yeah, but in terms of horror factor, uh-huh. I think Slug Girl. That's literally what out. I was gonna just say. That like, like disturbed me, feel, me. It made me so... feel nauseous. Yeah. At the end. Okay. Ugh. And like. That's what I, uh, uh, well, I know to the audience this sounds weird saying it's awesome to feel nauseous. You don't understand when you're a horror. You feel alive, fan, girl. And especially <laughs> a horror fan, uh, writer. I appreciate the fact that Junji Ito has a has a talent to give the, the audience a sense of dread easily within like five minutes and barely even doing anything it's a a simple story that's like it's not it's not something intricate it's not some big detail when you saw the slug girl when she walked into the room and her mouth was closed Mm. and you you didn't even see anything you just saw a picture of a little like a like a girl sitting in bed with her hands closed around her mouth dude i already knew it was oh my god you already have this sense of dread and it's like it it's the difference what you were alluding to greg earlier about like Horror versus the state side versus horror in Asia. That horror that was spawned in Asia is now creeping over in, in the States with, you know, like recent releases like Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Hereditary is still one of my favorite horror films in the last five years. Why? It isn't the gore factors. It isn't the shock scenes that just memorize me. Mm-hmm. It's... The utter feeling of dread once I sit down and credits roll and basically I'm just sitting there stuck in my seat watching and you suddenly just get this really deep sense of dread. And Hereditary was like a two-hour dread fest from start to finish. Junji Ito was able to actually make, say, like Slug Girl, which is probably about five minutes long. Yeah, well, they were super short. They, they were, were short, to the point. But he knew, he knew, he knew, like what exactly to make a person feel dread. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Is that it doesn't rely on like. And then like, it, the, like the, on like in American films, like the Amis is like they have that, that low music, and then low there's that, music, the and sk- then it jumps high, and it's a scary thing, or or you, you see the, the you see the ghost behind the the character, and it's like and oh shit, disappears. but in, yeah. but in all of these. It's been from the start. He sets the tone for the, sh- the tone, the tone for the show, or for that that story. But if you're still feeling funky and you want some gore, he does provide oh, yeah, that no, for he you. Does, like, he but does it, but in a very but it like, works like it works in that way of it fits the story. It's not just gore for the necessity of gore. Like the first one, uh, you know, with the the, the cursed boy. Where he's doing oh, all these. I really he's like, like that one that much he, though. I so when I was watching, I was expecting when he got caught. There's a point where he gets caught in a tree after like trying to basically pull a prank. Yeah. And like some crazy guy that owns like the woods or whatever woods. that land with the cedar trees. I thought he was gonna fucking axe his ass. I'm like, well, that's well shit, like- that's not I didn't see it going this way. I thought he was gonna fuck up on a curse and curse himself. And then it goes a completely different direction at the end of it at the end of it. Yeah. But the one that I thought the one that I, I liked was the uh the crossroads. Oh yeah, that was such a oh. good one. Because I liked it because I thought, okay, Street so court, he, he remembered that that kid when he goes back and you, and you find out and you kind of find out how his relationship to the crossroads and like what happened at one of them. And, but the thing is like, you go, but who's the, but there's a pretty boy at the crossroads exactly. and they never explain they never who explain. he is 
or why or why he just he was walks a really in. pretty lipstick too. Oh yeah, he like, was wow. he was he was your basic like J-pop like BTS like band member looking Meets- dude. Like it, it was it was perfect and villain from Sailor Moon. Yeah, and but they don't ever explain who he is, but With the he has Bob in the back. But they yeah. kind of just state that he's the reason that people kill themselves at the crossroads. Yes. And so they're like, well, he's he the angel of death. And then that other kid tries to make up for what he did in the past. But it, it doesn't but matter. It, no, and it's because that dread's always be there. there. And it's always, well, this is gonna happen. And the thing is, when you take a look at these, especially with just the three episodes, I watched the whole damn thing. So <laughs> I got scared. We'll, we'll be fin- we'll, we'll, we're going to finish it. But we watched our we yeah. watched yeah. the first three to but get. If you watch the three episodes, do you really get a a really fantastic look of how to write a horror story, which I think is honestly a lost art now. Absolutely. Because like people rely on the, you know, jump scares. Nowadays, it's basically the ghost haunting the yeah, don't girl and I mean, that's fun. the curse of everything and all that. But no one has yet to master the what Junji Ito was able to do, which is start with a simple amount of dread in the beginning and continue it on throughout your story. The only two movies, the only two movies, the last five years that has, that has done that for me, Suspiria. Which was fantastic. The imagery in that was awesome. That remake was Mike. The didn't, remake Mike, didn't was you and I go and see that? So good. Yeah, and it was so different from the original. And Hereditary. I we, I haven't down, seen Hereditary. And you basically go, okay, I feel really uncomfortable. I mean, like me and you, Mike, have talked about Hereditary. Hereditary falls. Awesome. Hereditary falls into the uh, Jalo genre in almost every way the i forgot the name of the director of that film but uh he did an entire mini doc leading up to the release of that move and he talked about the jalo films and how he was deeply inspired, inspired by, by it and a lot of the japanese horror films, films were also are inspired, inspired by, by Jalo. giallo and like i remember me and you talking about hereditary at the time and I remember you saying you felt sick. Dude, my ass was sweaty, dude. And yeah, I, and you I felt sick. And I don't sweat. I felt, I literally well, felt what was sick. It? Yeah. When, Mike, when you know when saw Suspiria, the, re- the remake, um, the scene where the girl's basically getting like. Jesus. Where she's getting all bent and like, you know, supernaturally like. The mirror scene. Yeah, the mirror scene. Yeah. I remember because I, I, I even said to you in the theater, I go like. We were I'm, both uncomfortable. I was like, I'm going to fucking puke because like. It you said going. you were going to go home and watch a bunch of Disney movies. I did. <laughs> he probably because did. Because you too. have to wash out, wash out the image. Oh, no, because absolutely. Because like, there's a scene like she's and, getting busted up and like in the mirror scene, like she, this girl's yeah. getting all, all, you know, crumpled up like supernaturally. And then she fucking pisses herself. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. But I feel and like then, that's always, most, but that's when they, I feel like when they showed that, that pure moment of when you know that you're being hurt so bad. And it's like, that's when it's like the next year. It's like, cause yeah. when I start comparing things to like what I've seen and it's like, oh, they went that extra mile. Yeah. Oh, and, and you're like, oh. A perfect example of like those type of feelings for me is Slug Girl. Yeah. It's, because it's, dude, it's, I'm sitting there and I'm like going. But I also, I think it's it nothing it going tops. on, but you get this sense of dread, especially with the girl covering her mouth. Well, I feel like everyone like going, has What's that, going that on? fear of parasites. Like everyone, like yeah. how many times have you watched like, dude, when I worked in the hospital, I was so afraid of fucking bot flies. Are there bot flies anywhere around her? No, no, there's not. No. But this bitch was scared of them. No like, joke. Like after I watched Slug Girl and I watched basically all that, I had to take a shower. I took a shower immediately. Do you want to know? And then- 
on top of that, I cleaned all my cat's kitty litter. I cleaned the apartment just pristine. Did you do meth and watch this? Like, that didn't, I don't get scared and clean, David. That is not something I do at all. It's that sense of dread that basically, like what you were saying about the parasites. Do you want to know what I thought of the whole time? As soon as, like, that first slug girl scene, when I saw all the slugs, I immediately was like, this scared me like arachnophobia did like think about you know when you like the shower scene like that's what i was like comparing the two because i was like slugs to me are just so disgusting they're fucking gross they're gross i mean if you've i I grew up in california so i see i know the salt like we used to do that so if we we had a live video i wish the audience could see it but just thinking about slugs and something like that crawling on me as i sit here with snail cream on my face Right now. It makes my skin crawl. <laughs> and like. Yeah, ew, gross. There's some snails in this house. There's some snails and in t- this think house. About, gross, because it's a wet. Think about this. Mike's <laughs> <laughs> over there fucking that, that dancing. Whole story, it's called a snail trail, bro. Get with it. <laughs> that whole story, there's not really a really big gore factor scene. No, in it. no, it's, it's just, just fucking creepy as shit. Dread. Yeah. Well, and then also that very last part, because it's like, well, I always forget. It was like one of my favorite books when I was a kid. You know, when they pulled the ribbon, like when they showed the fucking, I'm not going to ruin it, but it's like that ending to it. You were like, and then it turns and it looks at you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, just was like, it was so gross. One, like with the end, then for me, for the pretty boy, the cross was like, in most horror movies, like if somebody like cuts themselves or like slits their throat, like it's really quick. quick. And then you just, and it's just. It's done. Not in that one. That fucking one, like, potato. fucking, they show it, and she's just, like, the, one of the girls just slowly, slowly slits her throat. puts it around. You Box see it. too. And then they show everybody that, like, that's died and all their cuts and shit, and you're just like, fuck. Like, and, like, you can imagine, like, running, like, going through a foggy street and seeing all these, like, these apparitions, these ghosts, but, with all these, like, wounds and, like, blood. And you're But just did like, you notice fuck? that the way that the blood came out, it didn't just squirt out. It came out like an aerosol. Like, it was pretty yeah. blood. Yeah. Like, it didn't just squirt, like, all willy-nilly. Like, it was, like... Sh- it, was a spri- it was a spritzing. Like, you could spritzing. walk through it, like, at a, like a Macy's, you yeah. know? Like, you were getting perfumed. Mist. Excuse me, can I get um, Chanel blood number 12, please? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is perfect. What, t- what like, type say is that. That's a really cute idea. Tim. Yeah. Trademark, <laughs> trademarking it, fuckers. All right, guys. So we're gonna wrap up this episode of Otaku. I want to thank. David. What about what about recommendation? Oh. Recommendation? Are they Why gonna Mike? recommend it? I'm gonna it? recommend Junji Ito, and I'm gonna recommend Violet Evergarden. Uh, yeah, for, for the deep story. Uh, Mike, your recommendations? Um, don't watch the Violet <laughs> Evergarden. <laughs> And unfortunately, I was not able to watch Junji Ito. You so. bastard. Which, yes. by, by how you guys are blowing it, I'm probably going to be watching it tonight. <laughs> oh, you're and making, then the slug will come out. <laughs> one of us is going to get, me or David are going to get a message from Mike like, I can't fucking sleep, guys. I can't <laughs> fucking sleep. She turned and looked right when she, the first day you see Fuji, girl. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make me I'm laugh gonna, so no, we're hard. We're going to get a text like, after that episode, Mike going, I'm gay now. That's just it. I'm gay. <laughs> Fuck it. He's got beautiful eyes. I like show tunes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up here again. David, thank you for joining us. Mike, as always, thank you for joining us. Casey, thank you for joining us yet again. I believe this is your third show, right? It's third or fourth show? I don't remember. You don't remember? How many well, times. Now, now you're officially part of the Rain Man team because you don't remember when you fucking started and how long you've been doing it, so... But I want to thank all of our listeners for always tuning in. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or the Google Play Store, or RainmanDigital.com. Again, I am Gregory Darkside Holmes. Thank you, guys. Be safe. Have a great day.
day or night whenever you're listening. 